That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you? How was your New Year's? How are you living? What, what changes are you making in your life? What changes am I making in my life? Um, that's that's a that's a loaded question, man. I don't know it's a I don't loaded know. question. <laughs> what changes? Uh, I will make a change to grind harder. There you go. Yeah, all the, uh, all the, the, the basic Instagram captions. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> grind harder. Uh, what's what's the rise and grind? There we go. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna rise, rise and grind things. every day. Um, man, it is 2023. Um, I mean, New Year's for me was basically just watching college football. I was about to say, yeah, I I did not do anything except that. That was it. it. I mean, the game ran until some great games too, man. Like, like we, people talk about way too many bowl games or whatever going on that happened, you know, whatever the conversation is nowadays. Yeah. That was, that was tons of fun, man. There's so like, not even the New Year's six, New Year's six were awesome, but like everything, for the most part, there's always been like one good game on it. Feels like every day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Rose Bowl was pretty decent yesterday, and then uh, yeah, until Cam Rising got hurt, that's obviously the Tulane game uh, was Man. Tulane USC game was something. And so, I, do, I do want to ask, how, how was Baton Rouge? How did Baton Rouge take the that? Were they were they on the Tulane bandwagon, or how's that? Yeah, yeah. Louisiana people, because. LSU doesn't look at Tulane as a threat. I think sure, the sure, thing. Sure. so. This is me coming in from like an outside perspective. So not yeah. then it's like okay, yeah, it's like your little brother winning something. You know okay. that's how LSU views Tulane. So they're happy. They're yeah. thrilled that's over cool. here. Um, and I'm sure you know if Tulane continues to be good, then eventually they can maybe get um, transfers from Tulane at some point too. I'm sure they're looking at it from <laughs> that perspective as well. LSU fans are always looking out for themselves, but right. they, they support <laughs> they support Louisiana, Louisiana for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that two lane game was was awesome. Uh, while that was going on, I had to watch LSU just beat the brakes off of Purdue and sixty three to seven. So that wasn't as fun. But yeah, now it's basketball season. Now it's basketball season. We're on yes. to um, conference play. We did our first conference podcast a couple on a Friday, and we asked a lot of questions. And we're starting to get a, a few early returns. Now I do want to mm-hmm. preface. Well, well, I want to start with the Big Twelve. Big 12 men, right? Okay. Uh, we love talking about the Big 12. And I want to preface this by saying I understand. I, I want to try not to make too much out of a loss. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to. I really want to try to do that because every team's going to lose. Purdue just lost its first game. UConn lost. Houston lost. has lost the game. Everybody will lose games mm-hmm. at some point. Houston might not lose <laughs> for the rest of the season. But regardless, 
everybody else is going to lose games. And so I want to start with Baylor. Okay. Because Baylor loses to Iowa State 77 to 62. Yeah. It was a road game. All right. And at this point in the year, everybody's going to get caught on road games. Like, all right, watch Arkansas lose to LSU on the road. That just shouldn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams that go on the road that will lose. But that being said, I am increasing my panic meter on Baylor. Yeah. A couple notches up, a couple notches up at this point because um, it got out of hand in the second half and it didn't feel like there was anything Baylor could do that that could stop what Iowa State was doing. And um, it comes back to what we talked about on the last podcast. Defensively, I just don't think they're there. And so that's really where I have to start. And that's where my concern is. Yeah, I think I think I'm kind of leaning both ways in terms of area concern because yeah, the defense is just, just not there. What did I I was shot over 50% from the floor. Um I believe they shot 40 over 40% from 3. They just weren't Baylor wasn't contesting looks. They weren't do you know, it, it just wasn't it didn't look as easy as it had been in the past just to hold their own. But I think the biggest thing that really concerned me was the fact that then they couldn't generate the necessary runs on offense to get it to 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 stay within the stay in the game, um, it's one thing to not get the stops. Sure, yeah, that's a big concern for this team. But then, okay, you should also at that point, then you should have the firepower to be able to go match on basket for basket, right? And there were so many times in this game where. Adam Flagler was looking around. It was a lot of dribbling. It was a lot of trying to figure out what's going on. It was trying to, yeah. you know, somebody trying to break down the defense, not being able to, okay, backing it out, passing it back out of the top of the key, trying to go ISO. And it just didn't, and it resulted in nothing. Right. And I think the outside shooting was obviously not there this game, but I think the, the periods of like stagnant plays were really concern me most um just because we've talked about it right this defense is not going to be as good just flat out um flo thamba is not the 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 presence that he was but even around him that he doesn't have the consistent defenders around him either or the length around him so that is what it is at this point to me um also i do want to say this i'm just out actually noticing this now um five points off the bench yeah in a game <laughs> in a game where lj crier didn't play yeah, and so LJ Cryer out. Um, Dale Bonner slides into the starting lineup. This is a team that can't survive that type of loss, mm-hmm. like at all. Last year's team, maybe it could. Kendall Brown, Jeremy Sohan. You had a couple guys here that, with Cryer gone and Chamachachwa gone, we saw there were moments where they were still very, very, very good. Uh, this sure. team can't survive that. They don't have the depth at all. No. I like Langston Love as a prospect. It's really hard because I feel like he lost he lost some of his ability after that leg injury he had last year. Mm-hmm. Um but Keontae George as a two right now, like if Adam Flagner well, I mean Keontae George took the most amount of shots, but let's just say right. he's the the two to Adam Flagler's one. He went five of eighteen, sixteen points, one assist and five turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's like I I love Keontae George. I think he's very talented, but there's clearly needs to be a Flagler and Cryer as your main options, and then whatever George gives you is a bonus. Sure. 
instead it, this game was like okay Keontae we need you to do more and he's not quite capable of that yet and so yeah yeah they end the game going five of 22 from three I mean she 38 percent from the field man mm-hmm. it is uh seven assists on the game that should tell you to 19 turnovers man Oof. yeah it, I mean and I was Iowa State's a decent defense they're not they're they're top 40 ish right um and they do force turnovers so like they, they were able to you know that's something yeah. that they were i yes. think they're number one in turnover percentage yeah yeah and so so yeah that they played a, de- a good a defense that was able to capitalize on that but it wasn't let's put it this way you're gonna play a tougher defensive team this year right <laughs> in the big 12 yeah. yeah so um the the concern and the thing is, I think I read LJ Cryer should be back. He had a concussion that held him out yeah. the last two games. So hopefully um, they get him back uh, moving forward. They have TCU on Wednesday, recording this on Tuesday. So that will be a very big game. It's at home. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those, I don't want to say it's a must-win game because it's two games in the conference, but it feels like a big game. It feels like a big game. In a, in a conference where the home games matter a lot more because it is so hard to win on the road. Mm-hmm. They can't be losing to TCU out here. They can't. They just can't. 100%. So hopefully Cryer's back. They get Cryer back. I feel better. Um, the hierarchy on offense is at least figured out. But I think at least offensively, they have a little bit higher of a ceiling than defense. Defense, I think they're just – they are what they are at this point. Sure. They're just average. We'll see. They'll lose them some yeah. games. But it, it's surprising, but it's the personnel they have this year. So we'll see how, how that goes. Speaking of TCU – what a game what a let's game let's talk East, about this East, one Texas man tech um at in fort worth uh tcu was down uh was up early was up early tech mm-hmm. comes back and was up i don't even know what, what score at halftime uh 37 to 26 at halftime and i texted you i said man they're getting run TCU I, was, I was about to say that, that i thought i thought that was the move and tech was gonna run them out and i was like okay cool that's what tech, if you if you if you have a ten point if you're tech and you have a ten point lead that's usually church, yeah. like that's usually good to go. You're like okay, cool. There's no way teams can battle back to, uh, against that defense and make that a game again. That's usually how it goes. And over the last ten minutes, TCU outscores Tech twenty three to eight, ends up winning the game six seven sixty one. Uh, there, are, I mean, there's takeaways on both sides, obviously, since we do a Texas podcast. Um, but my main takeaway was Texas Tech crunch time offense is non-existent. It was just non-existent. I it just Pop Isaacs, what do you got? Yeah, I was like, all right, Pop, shoot it. It went in. All right, we're good. Five eleven from three. Pop Isaac, seventeen points. Man, he can shoot the rock. Right. But everybody else on the team was wondering, what in the world can we do? to score the ball on TCU. And then they were turning the ball over, which led to runouts for TCU and Mike Miles and Ball and all these guys were getting layups on the other side. And that just compounded things because usually Texas Tech, if anything, if nothing, even if the offense is bad, even if like two years ago the Mac McClung team wasn't scoring the ball, mm-hmm. they could at least you know get back on defense to a degree and not give you runouts. TCU was getting runouts and capitalized on 23 Texas Tech turnovers. Yeah. Um, that was my main takeaway. Yeah, it's um man, I'm trying to figure out a concern for me was when Texas Tech needed to, they just couldn't get stops. Like they when 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 it was 
usually they swallow guys like Mike Miles alive, right? They make sure that he gets the ball in weird places, right? So, you know, the, the no typical no middle spots, the top of the wings. And if the, the minute they get in the post, they're surrounded by guys, their hands everywhere. And they were able to operate, not just him, but Bow, Damian Bow as well. And Emmanuel Miller as well. Like they were able to get the ball in good positions. And like, it doesn't look like the no middle defense that we're used to seeing, you know, like it doesn't look like the, the team that literally blocks off the paint yeah. and makes everything frustrating uh, inside the, inside the, the, the key. And I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, offensively, we mentioned it, right. It's they're fine. And that's kind of how they're winning games this year, right. Is being a pretty, pretty okay. Offensive team, especially compared to, to previous years. You know, Pop Isaacs is is legit star. Um, Davion Harmon is who he is. I think he's proven to be pretty good. He doesn't he hasn't turned the ball over a ton. Um, he, but he's a reliable ball handler. He's a reliable slasher to the rim. Um, and then everything else is just kind of like I'm not sure. Like Kevin O'Banner's been okay this year. He hasn't been great. Uh, this game he wasn't very good at all. Uh, he turned the ball. I believe he turned the ball over quite a bit too. Yeah, he only played six um, minutes in the first half, and then he was just in and out and didn't score. It was. Yeah, he finished with five turnovers, six points, um, and that's that's your guy now, right? That's the guy supposedly until Fardos comes back, um, and even if he comes back, that's still your veteran. Um, one of the bigger things I'm seeing is, I don't think Daniel Bach is a good defensive player. Okay, I think. His feet are way too slow for, I think, what they need him to do. Like, I think there were a lot of moments. There were a lot of times where TCU had a baseline cut and it was like Daniel Bacho was either late to rotate or he didn't rotate over and it resulted in a foul on and one or something, right? He's that kind of shot blocker where he's like, mm-hmm. he's going to he's gonna foul the guy probably if he doesn't get the ball. Um and I feel like the, I don't know if I don't want to know if he's I don't want to say he's a bad defensive player, but I feel like he's not as agile as players that they had. Right? There's a reason why they've played dudes like a Santa Silva, um, even a Bryson Williams who wasn't Williams, a good, yeah. who wasn't a great defensive player. He can move, right? Um, he's not as limber, and I wonder if that's playing a, a, an issue in how exposed their interior defense is. That is a that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Um, Going back to the offense real quick, they are 61st in offense in Ken Palm. Uh, they had not been previously lower than 50 as far as ending the season since Chris Beard took over in 2017. So 61st is the worst number that they've had so far. 22nd in defense is obviously lower than they've been um, most years. I mean, last year they were first. Last mm-hmm. year they were number one. Um, and it is interesting because Bacho had five blocks, and I thought he was good at the rim. But you are right in there. Bryson Williams last year kind of fit what they wanted to do sure. better. And that's an interesting – Like he's a tra- yeah, he's a tra- traditional shot blocker, but there's a, I, I think there's a reason why they never had that traditional shot blocker there playing that defense. It's a good it, – it, it's an interesting point. It's a good point. Um, yeah, they just couldn't stop TCU really in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game. I thought Mike Miles got what he wanted, and uh, that's the difference – that's what I was telling myself as well was TCU has a guy like Mike miles who can kind of take over the game late mm-hmm. and gets a free throw line and tech does not. Sure. So that's, yep. that's kind of the difference. 
All right. Uh, the last Big 12 game is a game that I did not – I was not able to watch, mm-hmm. but the results still intrigued me. Texas beat Oklahoma 70-69. to Now, again, like I said earlier, winning on the road is incredibly difficult. Like, I legitimately – way playing at home is like a six point advantage five point advantage at this time mm. of the year. so texas goes and gets a win 70 to 69 against an oklahoma team that is 33rd in ken palm so that's obviously I was about good. to say their losses are one you know sam Houston State at the beginning of the year by one four to villanova 10 to arkansas and now texas like that's a that, that's a good team and they're yeah. what are they in all they're sixth in effective field goal percentage on offense so they're taking it they've taken kind of a step forward under they were uh, last year too pretty high in yeah. offensive metrics so uh, we know Porter Mosier can get them to play some offense um so yeah good win I I did not get my eyes on this I don't know if you did but four players in double figures between Rice, DeSue, Allen, and Carr uh Bishop with eight again it's a very very team effort type team like you're not gonna have the the one guy put up 30 most of the time unless if Hunter gets hot mm-hmm. but he only ended with five points on uh he went over three from three so We'll see how the three-point shooting continues to play for this team. But overall, uh, getting a win on the road makes me feel better. makes me feel good about about this team moving forward. Yeah, Yeah. Kansas State next at home should be a pretty easy win. Uh, Then they got Oklahoma State on the road. And uh, y'all know the Big 12 from there just kind of every every game. TCU, Tech, Iowa State, West Virginia. So Uh, One of the things that stood out to me for this game was kind of they – the amount of just like shot makers that this team has, right? Like mm-hmm. it with like this year with Rice and Hunter, like it, it they just have a bunch of guys who can win at any time you need it, right? The down the stretch, it was Marcus Carr, tough shot, Timmy Allen, tough shot, you know, Serge Barry Rice, tough, and it was just like okay, they just have like four or five guys who can just get buckets when they needed to, and I think that's that's huge because last year it felt like you know, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen versus the world at times um, if Courtney Ramey wasn't hitting a shot or something. So I think that's a, a huge, a huge thing to see for me was just watching how many clutch shot getters when things break down that they have. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to move to Conference USA? A team that is Let's... further making me grab my shovel and I have, Ish, I have put the shovel in the ground. I have put my foot on the shovel, and I have removed one piece of dirt from the grave. Rice is now eleven and three overall, and two and two and one in conference. It's so crazy they're two and one because they played Middle Tennessee on November fifteenth. Third game say, of the year. Weird. Third game of the year. They played Middle Tennessee and lost by thirty-five. Yeah. And then they go on, and they've looked good against everybody else. They've won all these games. They lost to Texas in overtime. They beat Western Kentucky. They beat UTEP in overtime. They beat UTEP. They're now mm-hmm. two and one in conference, and <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. I. Uh... The, the one pile of dirt is Stop removed. Coming for that go. neck. <laughs> there you go, man. I just uh, I didn't expect to be here. I'm not gonna lie to you. Didn't expect to be here, but hey, they are uh, scoring the ball. UTEP is obviously a very good defensive team, which we know, and mm-hmm. they put up 
Well, I mean, five, 10 came in overtime, so 62 points on them is still impressive, and then 10 in overtime to win the game. This Hey, then they're a good team. Good team. I was about to say, they, I mean, UTEP kind of played their game, uh, turned the ball up. They forced some turnovers. They, you know, they didn't shoot incredible. Rice didn't shoot incredibly from the field, and they still managed to come out and win. Um, I feel like they kind of, you know, we, we, we get so used to Rice playing a particular style that, like, when they don't, when they win and don't exactly play the prettiest game, it is kind of like, okay, that's, it's interesting, right? It shows a little bit of a different wrinkle. Um, Cause yeah, what did, let me see. UTEP shot better than them from the floor, except for three, obviously three was um, pretty bad, but nobody shot well from three, but like, uh, uh, I don't know, man. It was pretty, it was pretty good. UTEP, I, I am a little worried. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to say worried about UTEP. I just, don't they, they've lost three straight right Kent State UAB Rice okay mm-hmm. cool. um they're only I mean they have wins over New Mexico State and La Tech so it's like okay those are two solid wins everybody else has been outside the top 200 barely be AM Court Chris Christie they're 340th in offense now 361st in three-point percentage they just mm-hmm. literally cannot shoot the ball <laughs> If they added me to their roster, they'd probably be a better three-point shooting team. That's how how bad it is at this point. It's gotten bad. And, I mean, that's it's kind of a Joe Golding team. It is a Joe Joe Golding thing. It was masked last year because they had those guards. Right, they they had had natural scores on the team. Yeah, guys who, like, it didn't matter what offense you ran. Jamal Biennemi was going to score. Sule Boom was going to score. Sule Boom's doing awesome at Xavier, by the way. I was about to say, he's he's wow star <laughs> um but anyways it doesn't matter what offense you run when you have those guys they, they're yeah. gonna score the ball so that was that was cool and Sule boom probably would have left regardless or whatever of the situation uh he had a chance to play at xavier and whatever so those guys leave you can't replace them directly and so instead of trying to get at scores it feels like i don't want to speak for him but it feels like he was like all right let's just establish our defensive foundation for the future and then go from there because that's what we did at Abilene Christian. That's what we that's what we had success with, is that it didn't matter what the offense looked like. We figured that out as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Defensively, we needed good defenders, and we wanted athletes. That's why he went to UTEP, right? To get right. athletes that right. could defend at a Division One, high Division One level. Right. They're defending. 63rd in the country in defense. I mean, they're, they're defending. Mm-hmm. But, man, this is one of the worst offenses in the country at this point. It really is. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it I, I think that's just the the gamble or the sacrifice. I guess he takes. Um, their 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 offense comes from their defense, right? Their offense comes in transition. Their offense comes from getting these look or getting these steals, causing havoc, and then getting back on the other end. And that's kind of where the majority of their good looks come from. Which you know, it, it's when the defense can't get set on the other side. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think he went at this offseason was like, cool, awesome. That was great. But I'm going to see what I can do when I can get the level of athlete that UTEP can get to play this defense. And then we'll worry, like you mentioned, then we'll worry about the rest later. I think that I also wonder how much he put on guys like Shamar Givens just to kind of figure it out, yeah. right? Like offensively to be like, well, we're we have yeah sure we need probably depth and all that but Shamar Givens is good right we'll we'll have him there 
Um, I, I don't know. Cause like you look at the other additions he made, right. Tay Hardy wasn't a scorer uh, where he came from. Right. And so like a lot of these guys were rotation guys, but also like guys that weren't exactly lighting it up. Um, guys that he talked about stepping up a little bit, Jamari Sibley, right. Jamari Sibley wasn't a big scorer. And so like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned definitely, but I, in a way I'm just like, I'm also like, yeah, but this is kind of, kind of who you hired in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, they got La tech next uh, on the road. Could be tough. Then you got UTSA at home will be a win and you got rice on the road. Yeah. And so rice Charlotte on the road, a little stretch there on January 14 and 16. So um, it could get ugly. If you don't beat La Tech, um, but we'll see how they do um, moving forward there because um, they are in danger of being the third worst team in the conference, I think, at this point. Mm. Kimpom has them as the third worst team in the conference. Mm. Damn. Um, where did Rice move? Rice is at 170. UTEP has fallen 10 spots to 200th in the country. So, all right. Um, what else we got here? Houston. Beats UCF, a game that we said would be tough, would be probably their toughest game in the conference outside of Memphis. And UCF gives them a fight. I watched some of this game. I'm really impressed with how Tremont Mark played. That was my yeah. biggest takeaway. They win mm-hmm. the game by six. They pull it out at the end. It was cool. That's great. But Tremont Mark being able to score 19 points um, on a very, very efficient game of six of nine shooting, gets to the line seven times. Um that was big. I needed to see that. I needed to see Tremont Mark settle in a little bit more. Yeah, I was about to say, Tremont Mark is like, in a way, the missing a missing piece for this team. Um, after missing last year, after supposed, you know, being supposedly being the start, the starting point guard heading into last year gets hurt after having a great freshman year. Um, having him back and having not even him taking over where he was probably positioned to be last year, like just like just adding to this team, just because now they don't need him to be that number one alpha right now right they can kind of wait you know jamal sheds there you still got marcus sasser so like he is just part of a a bit player playing a still a pretty key role and his game is one of those games that just like in tournament time is going to be invaluable Mm -hmm. right like that you you know the games that mark these type of players have where it's just like oh he's just going to drop 24 right in a game where they need him to and if you're houston at this point you know the defense, you know you're rebounding. You just would like to have options offensively, and they have options now, right? Multiple dudes that can have a, their night any given night, and, man, this is – I don't know, man. I, he was my biggest question mark heading into the year, and he's looking damn good. <laughs> Marcus Sasser plays 39 minutes. Shed plays 38 minutes. Mark plays 35, and Roberts plays 34. Uh, Walker and Francis rotated at the five pretty much, and then Chaney played nine, so – um, Sasser and Shed will not be leaving the court, uh, in big games. I'll tell you that. Right. And Mark, yeah, they, there's no close. replacement for those two. Um, they're gonna be playing all 40 minutes now. The good thing is, uh, they should blow out half this schedule and have plenty of time to rest. <laughs> um, like SMU, they have SMU next on Thursday, January 5th, and uh, it's at home. And yeah. Ken Palm has them the projection as a 22 point win for Houston. I think they cover that. I think they cover that pretty easily. <laughs> uh, RIP to SMU because yeah, RIP. Yeah, hey, they beat Tulsa. Yeah, they beat Tulsa, who's two hundred thirty-two 
232nd in Kimbom. Did Tulsa play a road stretch? Hold on, let me just yo, Tulsa had started off conference play playing at Houston and then at SMU. No, they played home against Houston, then at SMU. Yeah. yeah. Have fun with that one. All right. Um, mm-hmm. what else we got here? The swag. We gotta give a swag update. Coach Eric Conkle. Gotta Wait. give a sw- Oh, no. give a uh, the clip yeah. you sent me. Yes, the, the clip. Uh, our the poor, our poor TSU. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the, the tab I had here. Um, Texas Southern played Southern. Yeah. And for those who haven't kept up with the SWAC um, to this point, Texas Southern has been fine this year. Um Obviously, have the win over Arizona State, which we talked about, but all the other three wins were, you know, whatever, two D2 wins and a win over Hampton, uh, who's not good. It looked like Tech Southern was going to pull it out, and then Southern comes down. They were down two, and they hit a three yeah. at the buzzer to win the game. Tyrone in, in Houston. So, uh, yeah, pain for Texas Southern there uh, to lose that one. Uh, they dropped to four and ten on the year, but like we said, kind of conference schedule doesn't really matter. They're zero and one now, and next up is the favorites, Grambling. And I will tie this into the other game. Grambling is the highest ranked team in Kempom by a significant margin. They're two hundred thirtieth, which is very very high mm. for a swag team. Um, and Prairie View goes and beats them at home at Prairie View, sixty one sixty. So those are the two swag results we have here. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot of takeaways, but Hey, if if PV can beat Grambling, and they got Southern next, who is the second highest ranked team in Kempom in, in the SWAC, then we'll we'll see what they can do. But that's a that's, that's a good win. It's a good win for that. PV. Uh, Will Douglas, Jeremiah Gamble, you know they still got the same dudes that we've talked about um, in years past and in the preseason and stuff like that. So um, good team, good win. Just want to give them a shout out, uh, and then also give a shout out to. Texas Southern for losing at the buzzer. All right, to the women's side. Texas, uh, again, we're going to start with the Big 12 because we love talking Big 12. Texas beats Kansas State. Beats down Kansas State. Beats down Kansas State. They almost gave them a 50-piece. Yeah. 87 to 41. And, I mean – you know, Rory Harmon's back. We we were worried about this team, and I think under I think rightfully so we were, and maybe still are to a degree worried about this team. Mm-hmm. But man, that is a win. That is a capital W win right there yeah. for Texas over Kansas State to start off conference play and to improve the ten of four in the year. Yeah, the thing that I think I like most right now. Because, you know, we, we talked about their strength of schedule heading into conference. It was whatever, right? They're beating Commerce and Christian or whatever. But I think what, what it did for that team is it just kind of – it was like they are glorified practice runs, right? That's a, it's a lot of new players. Rory Harmon hadn't played that much. And so it was like – it was kind of probably needed gym time more or less. Like they saw the offense moving a little bit. Rory almost, Rory almost had a triple-double in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was kicking up, and the offense has been – good like they haven't struggled against those teams right they've been blowing those teams out they've been scoring 80 90 and so i think when they come off that stride and then go right into conference play yeah they're kind of they're, they're feeling confident now like 
they're able to dominate the boards. The team's not afraid to shoot the ball because they, you know, especially in this game, Deanna Gaston was dominating the boards. And so they were able to put up, just like put up threes and put up shots. And, and you know, they didn't make them all. I think they only shot, well, maybe they shot 40%. Yeah, they shot, so still yeah, good, shot but, 10 to 25 from three. That's Yeah, but still like Sonia Morris, 11 attempts, right, from three. Yeah. Uh, Shaylee Gonzalez and Shay Holly combined for 10. And so it was like, okay, when they're missing, okay, well, Deanna Gaston's getting a rebound, right? So it didn't matter. Um Rory Harmon's contributing on the boards as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we'll get this every night, but, like, if we get this confident shooting team, that's always the thing with the Vic Shaver, right, is, like, we saw what they looked like without Rory Harmon. It was like, okay, well, if they have Rory Harmon and they have everybody else willing to shoot the ball, yes. okay, we potentially have something here. It's just a totally different team. I mean, 13 <laughs> assists from Rory Harmon. And we, the thing that we saw when this team didn't have Rory Harmon was, like, a bunch of talented individuals like Sonia Morris and Shaylee Gonzalez and Shay Holly. And then the post you can all throw in there as well. But with Rory Harmon, it's like, okay, Sonia Morris can shoot 11 threes and only one, right. two, like she 11 of her 12 shots come from three and she goes five eleven. Like she's an elite score. Yeah. Um, Shaylee Gonzalez, two of five from three, Shay Holly, three of five from three. It's like, that's, you just want role. You want those players to feel more like role players than, lead players which rory Harmon is the lead player here so mm -hmm. um just a huge difference great player rory is so i'm excited that she's back and this is it's i i don't follow kansas state uh but last year they were damn good and mm -hmm. i'm sure this year uh, i know they were 11 and 3 i didn't look at their schedule but um still that's a very impressive win over big 12 team and they have tcu next texas does so they might do this R. again <laughs> they they might be doing this um again uh very soon yeah all right um the, let's talk about the only ranked team on the women's side ish you know how crazy mm. that sounds to say uh the only ranked team texas should be there pretty soon i think they're, I was they're about to say, they, have, they have how many how many games for iowa state three four so they should pick up some more wins potentially before they play iowa state and make yeah. that a make that oh, a conversation well is kansas is pretty good too right that's true. Yeah, dang, Kansas is really good this year. So they got Kansas and Iowa State as a little. Um, okay, we'll see. Take bad. take one off of those. Take one off of those, and we'll, we'll mm -hmm. might yep. get them back. So yet. then, Baylor ranked twenty third in the country. Like I said, the only ranked team at this point uh, took care of business against TCU, sixty four to to forty two. Um, they have Oklahoma next, and Oklahoma is another good team. I forgot to mention them. Oklahoma is ranked seventeenth mm -hmm. in the Big Twelve. Um. So yeah, Oklahoma's ranked 17th, Kansas is 21st, Baylor's 23rd, Texas is receiving votes. So um that's 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 a stretch they have coming up. I'm not sure they play Oklahoma tonight, 6 p.m. Okay. on the road. This feels like a game where we're gonna learn a lot. This feels like the biggest game of the year to this point because up to up until now, it's like okay, they lost to Arizona by 20. Right. So, but they also beat Villanova, lost to Michigan. It's like we've seen this team fight with a team like Maryland, and now they got Oklahoma on the road in conference, and we'll actually see what this team can do um, and where they're at. And so that's that's what I'm gonna have written down. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think about I'm trying to remember. T um, I think I saw something on Twitter about. Let me see. Because I was looking up Asia Blackwell and Dreon Edwards, as we usually do. Um, yeah, <laughs> Constantly out. retweeting or refreshing Twitter. I think, yeah, there it is. Bryce Cherry mentioned 
So I, I don't think Bri uh, Dreon Edwards is playing this year. Like it okay. feels like, let me see. Uh, yes, uh, she also said that Dreon Edwards continues to be out and that she'd let Dre announce what's next for her career. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Um, but some optimistic news. Uh, she mentioned that Asia Blackall wouldn't play in their Big 12 opener. Obviously, she didn't, but TCU. But that she was the fact that she's speaking on that, right, I think that's a good sign. This is yeah. some. This is like a, a player that we thought would be out, right, for the year. And the fact that she's like already saying, like, no, she's out for this game. Who knows? Maybe, maybe by the end of the month or something, that'd be something to watch out for. Because, um, like I said, this was somebody that we kind of, at least in my head, we had penciled out of yeah. the team. So, if she, if they, if she can come back as something uh, contributing to this team, we'll see. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean. So far, they're doing it, man. So far, they're holding things together. Um, obviously, that Arizona loss was was what it was. But, um, you know, Jamie Asbury, Sarah Andrews, and Kaylin Bickle did it in this game. And that's who the you expect, three. right? Those are their leaders. The big three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kaylin Bickle, 8 of 12, 19 points, 3 of 4 from 3. No complaints from me. There we go. Over there. Like we said, somehow, even though this team has lost two, its two best players, it still is deeper than last year's team which is saying something mm -hmm. uh, last year's team was crazy. Right. Um, By the way, I do want to quick shout out to, I'm just now looking at her numbers from this year. Caitlin Bickle step forward. <laughs> 12 <laughs> last year, average seven points up to 12, two more rebounds, one more assist, almost two more assists, one steal um, up from half a steal. 62% from the floor compared to 46, 38% from three from 18. Yeah, that, is like, that is that is stupid good improvement. Um, yeah. and she was still she it wasn't like she was hiding last year. She had to play a ton last year, too. So she's only playing three more minutes and she's doing all of that. So speaking of players, they need to step up. That is somebody who stepped up huge. Yep. Shout out Kalen Bickle. Um, shout out Baylor being ranked. Yeah. Only Maybe one, one day. Like you said, that's weird. Maybe someone else will join them one day. <laughs> one, one day. Rice lost its its luster um, a bit. But um, speaking of Rice, maybe them versus UTEP. Rice versus UTEP was the game mm -hmm. uh, that we were interested in, in seeing how that one played out. And it was a very, very good game. I mean, they go into the fourth quarter tied, and then Rice just pulls away. Um, at home to win the game 62 to 53. Um, this Rice team offensively is just really, really solid and really consistent. Now, I will I say that they went two of 17 from three, but it didn't even matter because then if you look at like their um, two point percentage, mm -hmm. let me do some quick math in my head, they went 18 of 27. So, I mean, if you're shooting 66% from two and you're shooting 20 of 24 from the free throw line, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, Malia Fisher, Trinity Gooden, Destiny Jackson. It just feels like they have way too many players that can step up when they need to. Right. Like Caitlin Crossway went one of six from three, and it didn't matter. So good win from Rice. And, Big points uh, from uh, Jazzy Owens Barnett, too, freshman out of Frisco. Yep. So good win from Rice to get back on track after those two losses. Now one and two in conference. UTEP's now two and one in conference. Uh, that was a big game. So I'm happy we got a result there. Um, last team, I just want to kind of put to bed at this point in the year. Oh. I don't know if you know who we're going to talk about. 
I just want to put North Texas women's basketball to bed. Yeah. I just wanna, we're just done talking about them. Um, shovels, patting it down, you know, patting down the, the stand on the top. This good, hard been days done. Work, good hard days work at digging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this has been done for a long time. I This has been done since they lost by 30 to SFA in like the third game of the season. Yeah. Um, but I just – want to make sure it's it's done done it's, bro give quincy noble some help what is happening right now like it's it's, it's, it's scary hours right now they don't defend uh, anybody that's all they don't true. defend so um yeah and it's, jocelyn moore is running away with that zach not all award right now <laughs> she she has not been good bro <laughs> the zach no yeah she's running away with the zach not all award <laughs> for the most under underwhelming transfer <laughs> underwhelming transfer shoot, shoot the north texas men might have one uh one or two candidates in there as well <laughs> might have to look around uh look around texas for some other candidates there that's an interest. that's a great award um but yeah just won't be talking about them very much the rest of the year here lost to fau and lost to fiu uh three and nine on the year zero and two conference play and the sad thing is everybody on their schedule in my opinion outside of like let's just say oklahoma state and outside Mm -hmm. of that's it outside of oklahoma state i think i feel like they should be on par with everybody else on their schedule Mm -hmm. and they've been getting blown out repeatedly Mm -hmm. like 20 points to fiu 25 to georgetown 20 to smu 20 to uta uh, uh well no no four to wichita and then 30 to sfa so it's like all right there you go wipe your hands with that that's your conference usa update um what team am i missing utsa didn't utsa get a win did they hold on I'd sorry say. this is very um unprepared off the cuff here did not have this in our notes i'm very ashamed as the they did utsa podcast they did U- <laughs> utsa beat uab 71 to 68 we're on, baby. We're back we on. It. We're back here, baby. <laughs> tell, tell the world we're back up. <laughs> <laughs> tell them we're back up, man. The UTSA beats UAB by three. The start, well, now they play at Middle Tennessee. So oh, we'll the winning streak is short, might be short-lived. <laughs> right. but, that, but we're back on. <laughs> but we're back. The best three-win team in the country. Let's go. Moving up, moving up the ladder. Um, also... Forgot to mention this. I sent you a screenshot of this. Yes. Houston women's basketball beats SMU 60 to 40, 60 to 44 mm-hmm. um, at Houston. We said it before. We were tried telling y'all. We tried telling y'all Houston women's basketball was the best at the time, the best three win team in the country. They're now no, the best four win team in the country. <laughs> four and 10 overall. Uh, UTSA is now the best three win team in the country. We just keep moving up Swat behind each other. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the best four win team in the country, Houston, beat SMU to nobody's surprise if you listen to this podcast. Um they're gonna be tough. They're gonna be very tough in conference play. They wanna know. I don't now Tulane, I watched Tulane play LSU and Tulane gave LSU some fits. Tulane's damn good. Okay, so they might lose that one, but they're only gonna lose it by like three points. And they're gonna look good. So yeah. Oh, that's all that matters is that they, they, they're they within single digits. Uh, UCF <laughs> is also usually pretty good. Uh, USF is usually pretty good. So it's going to be a tough road, but they, they've experienced some losses already this year, so they know how to how to bounce back. Sounds good to me. No, it's um, all good. 
yeah, I don't have anything from the SMU side of things on this one. Uh, just eh. don't eh. lose to a three-win team. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I got nothing else. I got nothing on, on SMU here. Just 17 to 56 shooting, one of 10 from three. Not right. Not good. Not good. That's fine. Um, but anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Friday, we're going to be back Friday. We're going to be back on a regular schedule now that we are done with football, or at least, you know, football season. We still have one more, one more game, obviously. Um, oh, but yeah, football season. Big, big TCU. When, when's the t- big old podcast for TCU? Oof, uh, we might, we might, we might. I don't know if we're doing something tomorrow or not, uh, Republican football. But regardless, uh, we're back on our Tuesday, Friday schedule. Um Pending certain games, you know, there might be a week where we like push a uh, show off to like a Saturday if there's a huge game on a Friday or whatever. Yeah. But look forward to Tuesday, Friday, um, and we'll be back with, uh, with the whack. Right? We want to do a little whack breakdown this week, so yes. we'll be back with that Friday. So yes, I told this. It's easy for me to do Big Twelve and Conference USA. Um, I mean, we're all exposed to it more. Yeah, so. it's the easiest thing for us to be exposed to. But the whack has a ton of conference. Um, a bunch of Texas teams in it, obviously, that we've talked about. We've talked about them on the pod before, but want to dive into SFA, Sam Houston, Abilene Christian, Tarleton, UTA, RGV, you know, maybe a little bit less on those last two, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's what the plan on Friday. Uh, probably looking at that, maybe looking to the Southland a little bit, but had to give these early Big 12 and Conference USA updates of the big games that we previewed and talked about on the last podcast. So, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on YouTube as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. And yeah, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni. We will talk to y'all later.